self-development with tactics. So I'm gonna go ahead with the analysis and summary of Thus Spoke Zarathustra or Zarathustra, however you want to pronounce it. And yeah, I think yesterday I haven't recorded anything, which is, you know, it's it's getting morphed these days, which, well, is unfortunate, but anyway. This is going to be speeches 1 to 11, part 1. And in the previous episode, we went through the prologue, as far as I can tell. Or have I gone through this on the inner world? No, I think I haven't. So I'm going to go through it. This is always the link is going to be down in the description. So if you want to check it out on your own, even though it is long and you can use this video or this podcast as an quote unquote audiobook. So yeah, part one of Thus Spoke Zarathustra consists of the prologue and a series of speeches at Zarathustra that Zarathustra delivers. The speeches are written to resemble the sayings of the biblical prophets as well as Asian philosophical literature. The style is meant to remind the reader of a sermon or a homily. Zarathustra gives brief meditations and visions that allude to the teachings of Jesus and Socrates. The speeches cover a wide variety of topics and issues, but all are written to further the purpose of helping people to live better lives. Zarathustra tells the crowd in the prologue to live lives that remain true to the meaning of the earth. Between speeches, there are brief moments of narration. Below, each speech is summarized and analyzed. On the three uh, metamorphoses, Zarathustra, well, I'm from now on going to say Sara. Because it makes more sense, you know, it's, it's not always like, you know, that difficult to pronounce and it. it's not pissing me off. Anyway, begins his first speech by describing the three stages through which a soul moves during its transformation. The use of the word metamorphosis has a double meaning here. Metamorphosis, not morphosis, morphosis is the act of a change, which this parable certainly deals with. But metamorphosis are also brief Mythical allusions, first used by the Roman poet Ovid, so O-V-I-D, the metamorphosis of the soul can best be described as a person's spiritual journey. The soul first becomes a camel carrying heavy burdens, then the soul transforms again into a lion, finally the lion becomes a child, the camel is a beast of burden and it represents the burdens that the laws and morality of religion place on individuals. These strictures and carry the individual soul into the desert. There, the soul transforms into a lion, fighting for its freedom from the reactions of religion. The lion fights viciously against the ingrained traditions of a society. The transformation of the soul into a lion is necessary to cast off the burdens of the camel. The soul must then become an innocent child, once again seeking truth. By becoming a child again, the soul is able to gain its own sense of morality not the morality imposed by religion. At the end of this speech, Zara goes to a town called 
to a town called the Motley Cow, or Motley Cow, whatever, it's M-O-T-L-E-Y. One of the teachers of virtue. Upon entering the town, Sarah goes and sits at the feet of a wise and virtuous old man. The old man is teaching the town's youth of the great virtue of sleep. To the old man, nothing is more virtuous. The old man teaches that in order to attain such sleep, a person must keep 40 other virtues and think of them at night. Only when one has realized these virtues can what only when one has realized these virtues can he fall asleep. Sarah thinks that this teaching is nonsense. He correctly identifies the logic of the teaching as this. Living life during the day is only something one does until what until that person can sleep or that person can sleep. Sarah says that the only situation which he can imagine following such teaching is if life has no meaning and if I have to choose nonsense. This passage contrasts Sarah's teachings to the philosophy of teachers like Socrates, Plato and Aristotle. These philosophers taught that life was something to be overcome because or overcome because, and that's there's a period then. For Sarah, life does have a purpose, and he plans to teach this purpose to his disciples. On the Hinterworldly. The title of the speech refers to those who believe in a world beyond the current world, and the teaching is directed towards those who have faith in such place. Sarah first tells off his own spiritual journey. He says that he once believed in God and the afterlife, Yet, he realized that there was no God. God, like all gods, sprang from the human imagination. Sarah blames the sick and very for creating a God to distract them from their sickness and their weariness. Sarah proclaims that his teaching will show people a new way. Everyone can enjoy humanity instead of looking at it as something to be overcome in another world. In another world. In this speech, Sarah deals with old religion. Religion's viewpoint is that the body and early matters are to be overcome so that a person can experience God. But Sarah shows that such beliefs are unfounded. Sarah places a great emphasis on the body and on, on earthly experience. Nietzsche is beginning to explain how all truth must now be found in a subjective experience. A man who can no longer look to his community or to a higher being to find meaning. A man must look inside himself and his own existence to find truth and meaning. On the despises of the body. Sarah has harsh words for anyone who teaches people to despise the human body. He says that he does not want these teachers to learn his own philosophy. Instead, he thinks that they should imply, or simply, I'm sorry, simply follow their teachings and die. Well, that's tough. Sarah tells his listeners that only children believe in a soul. According to Sarah, there is only one, there's only a body, and within that body is the self. The self is the ruler of the body, the essence of humanity. The self controls the ego, which in return controls the pleasures and pains of life. What the self wants, most of all, is to create beyond itself. In this speech, Tsara compares a person's body to a kingdom in which the self is the absolute ruler of everything. Tsara's teachings present a complication, however. If the self were the ultimate ruler of a person's body, why would it create pain at all? How can suicide be explained? Tsara answers that one 
who has decided to despise the body has led that person's self to despise his own existence. This in turn leads to the desire of self-destruction. I do want to repeat that. Sarah answers that one who has decided to despise the body has led that person's self to despise his own existence. This in turn leads to the desire for self-destruction. On a passion of ple- pleasure and pain, yeah. Passion of pleasure and pain. This is tough. Although the title of the speech deals with passion and pleasures, the real subject of the speech is virtue. Sarah teaches that true virtue is a private matter that a person feels deep down in the self. Virtue arises from passions and is a kind of passion itself. But it is not a universal law such a such as a law from God or a truth that everyone can share. Virtue is a private feeling for the individual. Religion and morality view certain passions as wrong or evil, yet Sada tells his listeners that all passions are permissible and can be turned into virtue. For Sada, even passions like anger and hate have been transformed into virtues so that the person who follows Sada's teachings will no longer do evil. For Sada, it is mankind's battle with the virtues within that has caused all the evil in the world. The old teacher from the first speech said that only sleep could overcome this battle. Zarathustra gives another way for human beings to triumph in this battle, the overman. You know, something that we all can strive for, something or someone that we all can be, therefore. On the pale criminal. This speech deals with the institutions of justice and self-governance. To show this, Sarah speaks of the pale criminal, a man who has committed an instance of robbery and murder. The judges of this man suppose that he is a robber who committed murder, but Sarah has a different opinion. Sarah understands the motivations of the body and hypothesizes, or whatever, that this man is a murderer who committed robbery. He is a man whose soul wants blood and the guilt he feels over the murder and his misunderstanding of the reasons behind it make him pale. Sarah condemns the pale criminal because of his guilt. He calls the criminal a heap of diseases. Sarah also condemns the judge because the judge believes himself to be good based on the old laws of religion and morality. In the end, Sarah says he prefers the heap of disease to the judge because at least the criminal has separated himself from the prevailing traditional teaching. On reading and writing. The speech on reading and writing is concerned with how people communicate and how people understand one another. The speech starts with an aphorism. By the way, there is incredible aphorisms by Nicholas Taleb or Taleb, whatever. Um, anyway, Sarah loves only what is written in blood. Aphorisms, short sayings that reveal a higher truth, are to be valued because they elevate the listener to a higher level of meaning. The listener will then look down all those who do not understand. This idea of ascending and descending once again come into play in this speech. If thus spoke Zarathustra had been written as an essay, most themes would be easier to comprehend. The idea of the overman, however, would be lost. The book is written as a series of aphorisms so that those who truly seek to know will ascend to a higher level. The rest of the speech is about how Sarah's own elevation, yes, elevation, 
allows him to dance, quote-unquote, about those not as enlightened as he. He claims that the only God he could ever believe in is a God that can dance, and that a devil he can believe in is a devil of gravity and seriousness. Only through Lafa can such a devil be killed. The speech ends with the image of Sarah flying high above the world, his enlightenment letting him look down on the rest of the world. On the tree on the mountain. The speech takes the form of a conversation that Sarah has with one of his disciples. The young man has retreated from Sarah's teachings because it is awakened because it is awakening feelings in him that he ref- that he fears. Sarah finds the young man on a mountain underneath the tree, and he tells him a parable of how the invisible wind is able to move the tree when humans, when human hands cannot. The young man is startled and confused by Sarah and begins to confu- confess that the teachings have awakened uncertainties and doubts within him. Sarah shows him how the tree, though it reaches for the heavens, also has roots that reach for the dark and evil places of the earth. The young man agrees that this reflects his own situation. Sarah continues his parable by showing the young man that though the tree has grown tall, it waits for nothing but being struck by lightning. Or lightning. The young man's true feelings come out. He envies Sarah, causing the dark feelings within him. Sarah embraces the young man and begins to teach him how envy can be transformed and overcome. This speech, returning to a narrative form, shows the impact that Sarah's lessons are having on his pupils. The young man is obviously talented, but he has been consumed by envy because he sees an enlightened being that has ascended even higher than he has. Sarah, using parables, begins to teach the young man how to overcome this envy or his envy. He wants will toward him in his attempt to attain the overman. On the preachers of death, Zarathustra begins speaking again, this time turning his anger towards those who preach death. He has two religious categories in mind. The Buddhist, who would say that life is refuted, and the servants of the, Christ, of the Christian work ethic who uh, work all day, keeping themselves busy so that they can flee the innermost selves. Which, by the way, I think is something that I do as well. But anyway. Sarah admonishes both of these preachers of death, telling them to follow their own teachings and to end their lives. Sarah mocks those who say sex is a sin, giving birth is a useless activity and pity is needed. Sarah's teachings, teaching embraces life, every aspect of it, and not the death that other religious teachings embrace. On War and Warriors, which is going to be the one before the last one. In this speech, Zarathustra addresses what is required of a disciple. Zarathustra tells his disciples that a person must fight to continue to grow and ascend into a greater being. One must hold envy and hate in his heart, just as warriors do against those who have already ascended higher. Sarah loves his disciples, but he also teaches them how to engage in war in order to become overman. And now the sun is coming out, which is amazing. Then the last one on the new idol. 
In order to gain full control over the hearts and minds of his disciples, Sarah knows he must break the ideas and affiliations that his disciples held before they became his followers. The first conviction that Sarah must break is the dependence upon the new democratic state. The state is the new idol. Loyalty to a democratic state has overtaken belief in God as the chief idol of society. Sarah tells his disciples that people are the true noble creatures, not states. People serve life, he says, but a state only serves death by setting man to war and by lusting after a hundred appetites. Quote unquote. In this speech, Nietzsche levels a criticism against thinkers such as John Locke, who writes of the modern commercial state. The state, Nietzsche writes, is generous to people who bow down and worship it. Worship it. Sarah insists that to ascend to the state of the overman, one must overcome loyalty to the state. One must be loyal to the individual instead. Which, I mean, if you think about it, if you're not loyal to the state, does that mean that you're breaking rules or even laws? I don't know. But what I know is that this is going to be the end of the video. So I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. Bye bye. I wish you the best. Please stay safe.